Hello and welcome to the Bear Ash Podcast, where we smoke cigars, review cigars, and talk about anything else that comes up. Uh, thank you very much, Manny, for that uh, new intro. You never <laughs> yeah, cease you know, to amaze me. You never believe I went to college for uh, music. I thought that you went to college for something else, actually. <laughs> well, I actually went for outdoor recreation, which turns out is a degree, and uh, music. Oh, well, there you go. See, I learn something new about you every day. Yeah, well, now I, mean, I work in like mental health. Once every six months, at least. Yeah, we don't talk that often, you and I. No, we try not to. Yeah. So, yeah, anyways, welcome. Tonight, we are reviewing a new cigar that neither of us have tried once again, which is the Punch Gran Puro Nicaragua. I'm excited. So am I. Hungry for the cigar. Mmm. It is a very wrapper. Oh, I hear it. Make sure you take that off yeah, before you let it. it out. Oh, this is a very good smelling cigar, actually. Just uh, I haven't smells, lit it yet. It smells like a diaper. Uh, you might have something else on your hands. <laughs> I might actually. It does smell like a diaper. Uh, not mine. It smells like feet. No, mine smells like feet. It does have a little, what is that? That's like dirty foot. <laughs> it's not, I don't think. Isn't it? I don't think you're setting people up to enjoy this cigar so far. <laughs> that's it's either, like. It's either diaper or dirty foot. That's like two day underwear. <laughs> Ow, that hurt. <coughs> Excuse me. Ooh, um, cough right into the mic. Hey, yeah, I, I do it whenever I can, you know? I like to be this, I like yeah, this to be. it has a funky smell to it. it. It does have a little bit of a funky smell, I'll give you that. I don't would you know agree that... it's towards dirty underwear mm, or feet? No, no, I wouldn't actually agree to that. Okay. Um, I don't taste that smell on a cold draw. Here, I, I'll fill the time in you talking while you light. You don't taste that smell? No, I don't. To me, it smells... Oh, can you hear my lighter going? Oh, yeah. The smell of... Glococo. Little hay. Ooh, it's got some kick. Yeah. Hey, it's fill good. in some time while I light mine. All right. So I've been smoking punch cigars for a while, and by a while I mean you know since before I was of age to purchase tobacco. But punch uh, is one of those cigars that I will seek out if I want a good medium to full body cigar that doesn't cost too much. They're consistently good. I've never had I've never had any of the Cuban lines of punch, but from what I understand, they're well known for their Cuban blends. Chase, mm. still lighting yours. Okay, um, punch was always a weird name, um, and that's why I never, or that's why I avoided them for a little while. But they are good cigars. I just Whoa. didn't understand how it could be an authentically Spanish cigar when it's named punch. Well, as far we'll, as get, I know, we'll punch get into is that a little Spanish bit, Mary. It is not. Well, I have a lot of questions about the history of this. It doesn't make sense to me. Hmm. It'll all make sense by the end of this episode. Um, are you experiencing a little bit of a tight draw on this cigar? No, mine's good. Oh, mine's, mine's a little tight. Well, actually, a little tight. Hmm. 
It's just a little, but it, it's, I am not having a problem drawing through it, if that's what you were referring to. Give my cheeks a good workout. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. So, so this, yeah. as I understand it, Chase, you have looked up some information on this cigar that um, I'm not aware of. Yeah, well, first let's get into what this cigar is specifically, Manny. Mm-hmm. So this cigar is, the filler is Nicaraguan. Um, it's a Steli Ligero. Um, the binder is also Nicaraguan, and it has a Connecticut broadleaf wrapper on it. Um, the size that we are smoking is the 5.5 by 54 Robusto. So 5.5 inches no, I just want to say, by 54 ring gauge. Is that background noise I hear where you are? It's possible. The roads are pretty wet. Okay. And there's some cars passing okay. by every now and then. If you need to know all the details I just want to say, about my surroundings. <laughs> uh, this, so the punch Gran Puro, or Puro, is normally, I guess, Honduran, right? Uh, yes. Like if it doesn't specify, but this one says Nicaraguan. So they're talking about the binder and the filler. Yes, that's correct. Binder okay. and filler is Nicaraguan with a Connecticut wrapper. It's got a really pretty label. It does, actually. Uh, one thing I noticed in looking up some stats on this cigar is that this cigar was released in 2017, I believe in the summer of 2017. Um, but the label has changed on this specific cigar three times. So I, I saw two different labels. At first, when I was trying to find reviews and trying to find information, I was like, well, that's not the cigar I'm smoking. Because the label of the one that we're both smoking is almost like a lime green and very light blue. It does have like, like the, beachy colors. It is very beachy. Um, it does have the tried and true red punch imported stamp on there. Um, but besides that, all the other cigars I was looking at had a black label. And then I just also went on to their website just before recording this. And there is yet another label for the cigar. But they are Do all, all the same. Have the fat little obese elf. Yeah, like sitting on the chair. On both sides. That, yeah, I, that I actually don't know. I didn't go that deep into the details of the other labels. <clears throat> but, yeah, if you want a little, a little history on, not the cigar, but punch in general, um, I've got a little history here for you. Oh, I love history. The punch cigar was initially registered by a German man in 1840. Uh. That's, that's, wow. It's 80 years ago. Almost. Yeah, pre-World War II. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, the gentleman's name was Stockman. Stockman named the, named the cigars after a popular European puppet, Mr. Punch. <laughs> Is where the name came from. <laughs> Is that like one of those uh, those dolls that just punches when you pull the thing? Like the um, little ventriloquist dolls that punch? I did not look into who Mr. Punch was. As I, like feared, I feared Googling that. <laughs> Uh, but yes, uh, many people believe the cigar was named for the Punch magazine, but that wasn't created until a year after the cigars were introduced. Uh, the brand became successful very quickly, most notably in the United Kingdom, um, but that wasn't until 1874. The rights of the brand changed. I won't go into every one that it changed to, but then it was sold 10 years later in 1884 to Manuel Lopez yes. Fernandez. Oh, I like it. Yep, the bands on the My cigars kind of and the boxes used to package, or that they used to be packaged in, uh, bared Manuel Lopez's name. I don't believe they are on here any longer. 
as that was a long time ago. Um, in 1924, Mr. Lopez died, um, and he gave the company to Esperanza Comas, the legal rights to the name Punch. But that only lasted a few years until the huge 1929 crash of the stock market. Um, I'm going to skip through a couple things here because they are unimportant. After the United States set the embargo against Cuba, uh, Fernando, who at this point was the owner, uh, left the country and moved to Florida. Not seeing much of a future for the, cigar, for the Cuban cigar industry, he agreed to sell his cigar brand to Villazo and Company, owned at the time by Frank Think Frank Laziza and his partner Dan Blumenthal. That was much easier, Blumenthal. They this, don't sound as Spanish. No, they're not. This company has continued to produce punch um, and Hoyo de Monterey brand cigars for the U.S. marketing using Honduran tobacco. Primarily, most of their cigars are Honduran. Very interesting. So they did have a Cuban market, though, right? They did, yeah. Um, they still do have a Cuban market. Um, I believe... Okay. Um, where's it in my notes? But here in my notes somewhere, says the company... Oh, Habanos S.A. is a tobacco company owned by the government in Cuba. <clears throat> so in Cuba, they are owned by the government. Any Cuban punches that you get are... My guess... I mean, I'm, I'm totally guessing on this, but I think that that's a lot of Cuban-made cigars... Or kind of run through the government in Cuba. I wonder if it's... I, I don't know enough, but I wonder if they're like all somewhat owned by the government or something. Yeah, I think so. Because <clears throat> I've seen uh, Habanos SA, I think for Cohiba as well. And yeah. And I think uh, Hoyo de Monterey is also... Their Cuban cigars are also Habanos SA. Yeah, this also yeah, just goes into say. all the different cigars that... Um, that punch has made the sizes of all of those cigars, profiles of all those cigars. Uh, so yeah, fairly detailed. So I was wondering if you know why they would specify this is Nicaraguan as opposed to Honduran. What's the difference? It's a great question, Manny. <laughs> well, what? <laughs> I don't know that I off the top of my head. No, specifically. I mean, I know that's a different tasting tobacco. Um, but besides that, I don't know that I know those differences off the top of my head. Well, you and I... Okay, let me ask you this. From what country of origin do you prefer tobacco from? Um, I would say Nicaragua. Why? Um... I find that a lot of Honduran cigars that I smoke, which is maybe why I haven't been a huge fan of the punch in the past, um, are kind of just the same flavor profile throughout most of that cigar. It doesn't change up that much. Um, I don't know all the regions that are that tobacco is mainly grown in in Honduras, but I know that there's three key regions that tobacco is grown in in Nicaragua, and each one of those regions produce a different leaf that has a different taste. Uh, my guess is it's the same thing in Honduras. I just don't know the details on that. But uh, so that could be part of it. The other part of it is, I mean, I've been a Drew Estate fan for so long that I just love the flavor of their cigars, and they are all Nicaraguan. So I feel like anytime I try anyone else's cigar um, that is labeled as a Nicaraguan tobacco, uh, I also enjoy it. 
That could be because mentally, that's just where my mind is. Well, <laughs> I've been to Honduras. <laughs> Let me tell you about it. Um, actually, you're right. <laughs> oh, there you go. <laughs> um, I was going to, you know, one-up you. Mm. But, uh, and I have been to Honduras, and I have bought cigars in Honduras that are Honduran cigars. And mm. generally, my impression is they tend to be a little milder, mild, milder, milder. <laughs> and they do tend to have somewhat of a flat flavor profile. Yeah. Um, I, I, I would say it's very similar to the Mexican cigars I've had. Now, this is a generalization because I think you can get, you know, strong or flavorful cigars in different areas. A lot has to do with the climate um, that it's grown in. Yeah. A lot has to do with the soil in which it's grown and the farming practices. And then, of course, probably the most important is the curing practices. Um, Because if you don't dry it and cure it properly, it's completely unusable. I know guys that have tried themselves privately to grow tobacco and then follow instructions and cure it. And they mess it up every time. It takes a real professional to know how to properly dry the leaves without screwing it up. Boom. I just took a puff. Nice. What do you, what so do you think what about this cigar so far? <clears throat> oh, what do I think about it? Yeah. What do you taste? Good question. Well, um, I can tell that it has nicotine in it because yeah. it is tobacco. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and by that, I mean, I do have a little bit of a buzz from it. Hmm. Um, I actually really like it. I think what I like about it are some of the flavor profiles that I would attribute probably to it being Nicaraguan tobacco. Yeah. Um, like I do, I do taste a lot of coffee and chocolate, which are the things that I kind of like about Nicaraguan tobacco. It has kind of a darker and kind of a sweeter, a little bit flavor. Not like sweet, sweet, just like malty sweet. A little sweet. Um, this is not too strong in flavor, though. Although, to me, it does taste like it has a lot of nicotine. I think your nicotine tolerance might be higher than mine. Oh, yeah? Just guessing. Well, then. But I really like it's it Probably so a good guess. Um, I think I know a bunch of guys that would like this. This is kind of a just a good all-around cigar. Um, it's not too bold in any one area so far. It's it's good, very mellow. Yeah, it is really smooth. Started off with what I thought was a kick, but uh, that mellowed out real quick. Now I do have a review. I'm not going to read it right now, but I will later refer to this because I was going to make fun of the gentleman who wrote this review. But I'm almost getting a slight, like a slight, slight, like a licorice flavor. You getting that at all? Uh, do you mean black licorice? Yeah, like a little bit. Like anise? Like on the retro, yes. I do mean anise. <coughs> that's... I can't retro... That's, I can't retro I have very good. I, I believe we've covered not to inhale cigars, Manny. I didn't... <laughs> <coughs> I didn't inhale it. I just tried to retrohale it, and I did too much. Oh, Okay. I didn't like that. <laughs> I don't wank that. <laughs> so you didn't taste that anise on that uh, on that retro. Huh? Hold on, let me let me try and taste that anise again. Mm. Yeah, a little bit. I'll give it to you. 
Well, don't give it to me. I'm giving it to him because I was going to make fun of him for it. Um, yeah, maybe. Maybe it's just also that sweetness that I'm tasting, too. It's just reminding me of something similar. Well, it's a good-sized cigar. It'll probably end up smoking in about 40, 45 minutes is my guess. Yeah, that's what I would guess. Yeah. Um, let me read you something that I have here. And this is a this is very general description. This is uh, a lot of generalizations on this. Yeah, I'm all this for generalizations. About, <laughs> and for generations to come. Mm-hmm. Um, this breaks down some of the characteristics of tobaccos when grown in certain regions. Um, and a lot of cigars and cigar brands are located in different lo- uh, uh, countries, and so most of their tobacco might be made of that one thing. Some brands have you know, factories in different countries and sequester tobacco from several different countries in their blends. Um, and so you get a whole mix sometimes. But here you might find this interesting. Uh, they describe it as, or this says, the country of origin can be an indicator of the type of cigar you're smoking. A blanket statement, such as all Dominican cigars are mild, would be wildly inaccurate. Mm. But they do have general tendencies of tobaccos from different regions. Just bear in mind, these are very broad, uh, very broad guidelines. So, Dominican Republic produces excellent quality cigars and home to some of the biggest names in premium cigars. The overall profile of Dominican tobacco tends to be mild, but this is certainly not true in it. Oh, a typo. <laughs> it says, but this is certainly not true, is all circumstances. Mm. In all circumstances. Yeah. Uh, and that's pretty general, just to say that tends to be mild. Yeah, I is, think as many circumstances, I've had some medium-bodied <laughs> Dominican cigars. Is many uh, circumstances. A good example of a good Dominican cigar is always going to be an Arturo Fuente cigar, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Uh, most of them are Dominican. They're all good, except for the Jade. Sorry. And um, they're all kind of m- mild, medium-bodied. They're, the tobacco's cured really well. Everything is rolled really well. Um, I think that's a great representation of Dominican cigars. But there's a ton of them. Yeah. I think most of the cigars in the U.S. are or have Dominican tobacco in it more than any other country. Yeah. They're definitely, I feel like this Nicaraguan tobacco kick here in the U.S. is a little newer. Do you feel the same? Uh, definitely a trend. Yeah. I think, uh, I'm trying to remember who were some of the first ones to really promote Nicaraguan tobacco. I mean, Drew Estate mm-hmm. was huge and especially like drawing attention to some of the actual geographical regions in Nicaragua and making that part of their marketing. Yeah. Um, and it's good. Yeah. But we're not to Nicaragua yet. You're jumping ahead. I apologize. I apologize. Honduras. Mm. Now, <laughs> I've been to Honduras. Oh, you don't say. <laughs> Several times. <laughs> I'll blow Espanol. <laughs> All right, Honduran tobacco is usually medium to fuller bodied. I I have not experienced that. And the typical flavor profile tends toward earthy and flinty. Hmm. Some of the Honduran cigars you may have tried might include Punch, Hoya de Monterey, Gispert, and Camacho. I don't know that I've ever heard of Gispert. Gispert. I've never heard of that. No. But I don't know, I, I mean, I've never had a Honduran cigar that I've known to be Honduran that is medium or fuller bodied. 
I can't think of anything specifically myself either. Although I mean, I, there's well, the not one, a ton of there's not a ton of cigars that I think are really that like full bodied. So it could just be my palate too. And you typically yeah, smoke some stronger well, cigars. All the, all the Honduran cigars I've had have been pretty mild with a really light wrapper, and I you know that's just that's just all the Honduran cigars I've bought. Yeah. Um, although if I've smoked a bunch of cigars in the past, they've all been kind of medium bodied, and apparently those are all from Honduras. Yeah. When we were in Honduras, there was this hotel we stayed at called Hotel Canadien. Ooh. And it was super cheap. I mean, it was like twenty dollars a night for. It this sounded French, by the ho- way. Well, I think they were from Canada. <laughs> it was a joke. Continue. But anyway. Um, they set up this hotel, it was like $20 a night on the beach, and the guy who owned the place smoked cigars that were made and rolled locally. So I went and bought a package, and they were good, but they were just really plain. Mm. And that's been my experience with Hunter and tobaccos so far. Yeah. All right, Nicaragua. This country has made huge advances in the quality of their cigars, and as a result, the popularity of their products as well. Nicaraguan leaf tends to be robust and spicy. With very <laughs> complex flavors. Brands from Nicaragua include Padron, Hoya de Nicaragua, and many of the cigars made by Don Pepin Garcia. Mm. Uh, so would you agree didn't mention that they're, our, uh, they're, our fave, Drew Estate. Yeah, they didn't even mention that in there. They didn't mention the Punch Gran Puro Nicaragua. Well, probably because it's actually a Honduran brand. Wow. Uh, do you agree that Nicaraguan leaves tend to be robust and spicy with very complex flavors? I think they can be. <laughs> sure. Yeah. I mean, uh, I guess you could say compared to like Honduran, they'd be a little more robust. Um, not necessarily spicy. Although maybe I should know this before asking him, but do you know where Ashton is made? I feel like Ashton has quite a few spicy profiled cigars. You're right about the spiciness and some Ashton cigars, but I don't know that yet. Mm. You know, the night is young. It is. Let me let me proceed. All right, Mexico. I'm sorry, Mexico. The popularity of Mexicano cigars has waned in recent years, but they still have some excellent tobaccos, such as San Andreas Maduro for wrappers. Some of the bad wrap comes from the harshness of some of the cheaper grades of tobacco. Use, brands using a significant amount of Mexican tobacco include Teamo and A Turrent. Hmm. I mean, Mexican tobacco has really been struggling ever since the election, if you ask me. Yeah. Well, I apologize for that. Yeah. It's your fault. Well, no, <laughs> not not for not for the election. I I just meant the text sound that you will hear in the recording. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Peru, which I don't think I've ever had a Peruvian cigar. I don't know I have either. Or at least not that I know of. Produces some wonderful, rich, and complex tobacco, but it is normally used in a small amount of the overall blend. There's a lot of body to most Peruvian tobacco, and there's a smooth spice note without a lot of harshness found in many heavier cigar leaf. This tobacco is used in a number of cigars, including some of the Monte Cristo line, which I do like. There you go. Monte Cristo also, I believe, was originated in Cuba, no? It was, yes. They still also have Cuban cigars coming out, uh, or 
Monte Cristo still has Cuban cigars coming out of Cuba. Yep, and Dominicans. Nice try, Peru. Mm-hmm. All right, Brazil. This is the last one that I have. Tobacco from Brazil, especially the Matafina and Arapiric. Oh man. Uh oh. Arapiraca. I'll give you a pass since it's um, since it's most likely Portuguese. Yeah, it's not Spanish, man. <laughs> Giving you a pass on that one. I can't read in Portuguese. <laughs> uh, varieties are being used in more and more cigars as time goes on. They tend to have rich, toasty, and spicy notes, and the Maduro versions tend to be outstanding. Mm. Cigars containing Brazilian tobacco include CAO Brasilia and Gurkha's Ancient Warrior. Ooh. Hmm. Costa Rica. Hold on. Time out. Oh, okay, I believe sorry. that it's worth mentioning um, CAO's other lines that come out of Brazil, which would oh, be please. the Amazon Basin, um, the Amazon Anaconda, and the Amazon, uh, what is it, the Fumes? Um, and there was just recently a new one that was, re- there's a new release of another one of those lines. But they are, if you ever see them in a smoke shop, they do not have a label. They just have a braided strip of tobacco and each individual, not each individual cigar, but each different kind of cigar has a different braid. But those are delicious. Specifically the Basins, I think, are probably one of my top ten cigars. You and I keep going back to those. The Anacondas and the Basins are Mm. always good. Yep. And I would say that's a very different cigar. Mm -hmm. Um, Because don't they, like, bury the leaves for, like, 80 years or something? Um, I, yeah, it's, it's a really long aging process and they do it like Not somewhere years. I'm kidding. Uh, well it, it's, but it is a long aging process. I wasn't about to challenge that as I don't know the answer. Um, no, but I think they have I think it's some somewhere really from two months way. to 80 years, something like that. That's <laughs> <laughs> what I've heard. Are, like they are fermented in a weird way. Um, that yeah. is very unique. Um, and then they make a really great cigar. Mm-hmm. Now they mentioned the. CAO Brasilia. I heard that. My experience with the CAO Brasilia was that it tasted eggy. Eggy. It just, it tasted like sulfury, like that eggy, rotten egg kind of smell and taste. Not primarily, it wasn't that bad, but, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have sought out another one after you and I smoked that one that you claim not to remember. Uh, no, I don't claim not remembering it. I just claim not really enjoying it that much. Fair enough. Yeah. I actually, I don't think I've been a fan of any of the Around the World series that CAO came out with back in the well, day. It's not as diverse. Uh, I do I'm like, not. though, I do like the Gurkha's Ancient Warrior. I haven't had that. That's good. I think I have one in my humidor, though. Oh, they have those. That do we have? Oh, there we go. Future right. episode. One la- I was wrong. There's one last country. Oh. Costa Rica. Oh. One leaf in particular, Costa Rican Maron. Ooh, I don't like that. Has become very popular. This tobacco has a terrific nutty toastiness about it and is used in such brand as St. Louis Ray and Mayorga. Hmm. Expect to see more and more Costa Rican tobacco used in new brands. Interesting. 
When was this uh, article written? <laughs> Do you want to know where I got it? No, I just want to know where it was written. That's all. Or when? I Wait, mean. where or when? 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 No, and, and the exact desk that it was written at would be helpful, too. November 25th, 2011. Oh. <laughs> Predictions were a little off there, buddy. <laughs> this, that was on Wikipedia. <laughs> nice. It must have all been true. <laughs> well, I got a lot more. I have all different types of tobaccos and definitions. I got definitions for aromatic fire cured, Latakia, Cavendish, Corojo, Burleys, um, Ecuadorian, Sumatra. Wow, look at all you. This. Pericue. Actually, shade. was Ecuador a country that was listed in there? Uh, no. Maybe it no. wasn't founded no. at that point in time. <laughs> yeah, in 2011, I don't yeah. think they were recognized as nope. a, a sovereign nation. Not yet. <laughs> hey, what are you pairing with the cigar, Manny? Before we get uh, too far well, ahead of ourselves. I made myself. My wife questioned me as I was making it, and she laughed as I was mixing these ingredients mm. before I left the house. I made a white Russian. Ooh. It's really good. Ooh. Now, I didn't just make a white Russian. I made it with Pittsford Dairy whole milk and a oh, little bit of their half and don't, half. Don't do yeah. this. Yeah. Oh. For anyone that good. may ever listen to this from the Rochester area, Pittsford Dairy, or if you ever visit the Rochester, New York area, Pittsford Dairy is awesome. One of the things I miss most about living up there. Wow. And there we go again. Did you grow up? <laughs> it's funny, though, that you mentioned uh, White Russian, because I'm pairing this with a... Not that you asked me, but... Uh, Chase, some... hey, let me stop you. What are you smoking? Or, <laughs> <laughs> well, what, what are you pairing this with? Uh, I'm pairing mine with Buffalo Trace uh, Distillery Bourbon Cream. Um, and I actually mix that half, half Nicaraguan coffee. And, uh, and yeah, the bourbon cream. And it goes very well with the cigar, actually. So you're having a coffee with bourbon cream right now? Mm-hmm. Oh, that sounds good. Oh, it is. A Nicaraguan, a Nicaraguan coffee, mind you. Oh, there you go. Yep. Mm. I am about an inch from the band, and this thing is smoking beautifully. It's still a little bit of a tight, a tight draw. But, I mean, the burn is really even. It's still really smooth. The flavor profile hasn't changed a ton. But I'm liking it. This is very good. Uh, you're farther along than me. Um, but I'll catch up. Oh. Hey, speaking of uh, the flavor profile of the cigar, would you be interested in a little review? I don't know. I don't know. I guess. Is that a yes? What, if, what, what, what did you find in the World Wide Web of people who have opinions about this cigar? Oh, well, I just feel like we have to mention at least one review, considering we, the whole idea of this podcast was to make fun of reviews and review reviews. To be fair, I think the whole point of this podcast originally was, hey, we should just smoke cigars and talk about them. Mm. <laughs> well, maybe yes, it was both. And and ridicule people who put themselves out there with their public opinions. Mmm, this is good. 
So would you like me to read this review? Yes, please. <laughs> okay. I want to make sure I start at the right point because there's, there's a couple parts that I'm not going to read the whole thing. It's long as I feel like any good review is. Um, aromas and cold draw points from the shaft. I can smell root beer, <laughs> spiciness, a slight smokiness, chocolate covered cherries, cedar, chocolate, barnyard. <laughs> I hope he's describing the hay that I felt like I also smelt and a touch of well, cream. You know, think of how good this would taste with a hard root beer. Mm, it would be good. It would be very good. Sorry, go ahead. From the clipped cat cap and the foot, I can smell big doses of dark chocolate, root beer, red hot pepper, licorice root, cream, chocolate cherries, cedar, and espresso. The cold draw presents flavors of, take a guess. Um, diarrhea. <laughs> Close, but root beer. <laughs> Oh, red. He basically just says the every, every single thing that he said the first paragraph. Um, but I'm going to skip down to the first third. This is a heavy cigar. Um, mind you, he's smoking the exact same size that we are, so I'm not sure what makes us heavier than any other cigar that's the exact same size. Um, it lists it. Uh, yeah, oh no, that's correct. He says it lists as it hangs from my mouth as I type. Sort of a lumpy wiener effect. <laughs> no joke, that's what he says. A lumpy wiener effect? Yep. Oh, you better see your doctor. <laughs> First up are flavors of root beer, once again. Cane sugar, sweetness, malts, espresso, cedar, and a touch of chili powder. Um, I did want to skip down. There are a couple what I thought were very, very good descriptions of the flavor of the cigar. Down, this is how long his, all right. He's got lots of words in here. None of them are worth reading. All right, this is in the second third. The strength hits medium to full. The blend hits its first sweet spot with deep complexity and a flavor of car wash. <laughs> and then he moves right on. The root beer, licorice, creaminess, and smokiness are the bedrock of this blend. But wait, what's a car wash taste like? <laughs> I don't know. Typically, my windows are up when I go through a car wash. <laughs> I don't know why there would be anything that you would taste in the cigar. Um, he does not talk about what he's pairing with it, but he does go on. Um, I don't know where, but he does talk about how he's drinking water, and with every gulp of water, the taste of root beer comes in full. <laughs> wow. Yeah. It's like he's Jesus, but, you know, doesn't drink alcohol. Yeah. Just turning water into root beer. Yeah. <laughs> I think he may have accidentally poured himself a root beer. Because I do not taste root beer in the cigar. He really loves root beer. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, I felt like it was a can little spicy. Me, the... By the way, can you hear me when I 
take a sip of my... No, I can't hear that at all. Can you hear all the text messages coming through that you're sending me? (laughs) Those are pics messages. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) great. Hopefully it pertains to this podcast. Oh, of course. Yeah. (laughs) So that was a review or is there more? Uh, I mean, that's all that's worth reading. (laughs) It doesn't get better. It doesn't get worse. Uh, You could argue it gets worse, but not like worse in the way that we want to read it. All right. I have one review that I looked up. Yeah. So I do think, though, that if you are looking for a cigar with a flavor profile of root beer, lumpy wiener, and car wash, this is the stick (laughs) for you. (laughs) (laughs) Who who wrote that review? (laughs) You really want me to blow up his spot? You always do. I don't always, but I have done it to him before. Uh, Coneheed. Oh, you've read his before? Coneheed.com. Oh, man. How dare you? All right. I got one that says, I think they really tried here. Uh, it says, the Punch Grand Puro Nicaragua gets its full-bodied profile from its robust Nicaraguan fillers and binder, giving smokers strong notes of pepper, cedar, and leather. As a cigar builds in body, smokers will experience an incredibly rich and savory profile due to the Connecticut Broadleaf wrapper. Grand Puro Nicaragua is a perfect representation of Nicaraguan tobacco. And actually, this review is pretty accurate, except for the fact, uh, I I wouldn't say it's a full-bodied cigar at all. Yeah. And I know I end up saying that a lot, but the truth is, it's not a full-bodied cigar. I mean... There are full-bodied cigars, but there's so many claims that, you know, this is a really strong, full-bodied powerhouse, and it just isn't. It's good. Let me ask you a question, though, Manny. How many cigars would you say, on average, you smoke a week? Two? Yeah. Maybe? You know, there are probably two, on average. Oh. I guess maybe I was thinking it was a little more. I'm probably at around. There are times when I'll have like a cigar every other day, but lately, I mean, they cost a lot for me, and my wife doesn't like me smelling like them that often, so Mm -hmm. I need to have the time to dedicate to them. And uh, I don't like to smoke a cigar while I'm trying to multitask all the time because then I can't enjoy it as much. Yeah. So yeah, about one or two a week. Yeah, I I I say I probably have like roughly two a week. Um, so I do sometimes wonder if that changes, like, my palate to what I feel like is a full-bodied cigar. As opposed to if someone's smoking a cigar, like, once a month, they may find this to be, like, a stronger cigar than you or I would, if that makes sense. It does. Like I said, your tolerance is higher. Yeah. That's one way to put it. Science! Bro science. Mm. Speaking of bro science, actually, this is not a good transition but i want to quiz you <laughs> yeah so i'm looking at all these definition of certain types of tobaccos and i want to see how close you can guess the answer go for it <laughs> you ready <laughs> yeah i was ready as soon as you asked okay i'm gonna start with an easy one blue blue tobacco is not a category <laughs> dang it all right next one Maduro. What's the question? Maduro. What? 
What kind of tobacco is it? Like, what? How would you define Maduro? Uh, Maduro. Can we use it in a sentence? <laughs> yes, please use it in a sentence. I sat on a pile of Maduro leaves. <laughs> it's very helpful. Um, <laughs> you want me to spell it? No, I, I would classify Maduro as a. I think it's one of the most like well-known types of wrapper that people would associate with tobaccos. Um, I also would say it's typically a little bit of a stronger tobacco, stronger flavor, more of a full-bodied smoke, medium to full-bodied. We'll put it there. Um, I mean, does that describe it enough for you? And not really. Why don't you just give me some details on what you're asking? (laughs) I just like to hear how dumb you are. (laughs) Well, you've gotten to hear that for at least the last 40 minutes. <laughs> All right. Well, Maduro Maduro means ripe in Espanol. Mm. And it is a process for bringing out the sweetness of a tobacco leaf. Uh, they ferment tobacco in pilones at higher temperatures with more humidity than other tobacco types. Maduro wrappers are typically dark in color. So you would see a dark colored uh, cigar, and typically that would be referred to as a Maduro-wrapped cigar. Mm. Ready for another brain buster? Although Connecticut Broadleafs are just as dark. Oh, should we bring up Connecticut Broadleaf? Yeah. Let me see if I have that in my notes. Hmm. Um, Here, you you know, I'll just throw it back to you, Manny. Connecticut Broadleaf. Or you have the definition? <laughs> no, I'm just kind of trying to play your game, that's all. It's, it's fun from well, the side. <laughs> well, I have a whole thing on shade tobacco, and there's a whole article about Connecticut. Mm. You want me to read it, or is that too boring for you? Uh, I mean, it's probably too boring for me, but others might enjoy it. Nerds. <laughs> all right, so shade tobacco... Um, they provided a picture of shade tobacco grown in East Windsor, Connecticut. I know when I used to go visit my half-sister and her family, they lived across the street in Massachusetts from fields of tobacco that did have, like, shade cloths over them. Mm. And it smelled really good. Yum. (laughs) Um, so, shade tobacco, also known as Connecticut shade tobacco. Hold on, let me keep this cigar going here. Mm Mm-hmm. All right. By the way, it folks, not... this is Manny's way of not answering my question before without having to read the stats that are in front of him. <laughs> it is not well known that the northeastern U.S. states of Connecticut and Massachusetts are also two of the most important tobacco-growing regions in the country. Mm. Long before Europeans arrived in the area, Native Americans cultivated tobacco along the banks of the Connecticut River. Today, the Connecticut River Valley, north of Hartford, Connecticut, is known as Tobacco Valley. Maybe that's why we started smoking so young. Mm. Although we, we weren't so north close. of Hartford. Yeah, uh, we were just right. south of that. Yeah. So. And the fields uh, is known as Tobacco Valley, and the fields and drying sheds are visible to travelers on the road to and from Bradley International Airport, the major Connecticut airport. Connecticut shade tobacco is grown under tents to protect plant leaves from direct sunlight. This imitates the conditions of tobacco plants growing in the shade of trees in tropical areas. The result is leaves of lighter color and of a more delicate structure. So it's kind of like the veal of tobacco. Ooh, I like that. 
<laughs> they just keep it out of direct sunlight keep, so keep it, it never caged. grows up. <laughs> Tied down <laughs> so it tastes delicious. Yeah. It's like Tetley tea. They only slaughter <laughs> the baby tea leaves. <laughs> Hold on. Keep my, keep my cigar going. What's that? I think you have the lumpy wiener effect going on over there. <laughs> uh, no, I was going through a car wash. Oh, that's what it was. Just to add to the, the result. <clears throat> the result of growing uh, these plants under the tents is leaves of lighter color and a more delicate structure. They're used in outer wrappers for some of the world's finest cigars. It is not entirely clear who introduced this method of growing tobacco, but it is likely that the New York firm of Schrader and Bond, hmm. or its founder, Frederick A. Schrader, were instrumental in developing this agricultural innovation. Blob. Oh, this is funny. Early Connecticut colonists acquired from the Native Americans the habit of smoking tobacco in pipes and began cultivating the plant commercially, even though the Puritans referred to it as evil weed. Dun, dun, dun. The plant was outlawed in Connecticut in 1650, but wow. in, in the 19th century, as cigar smoking began to be popular, tobacco farming became a major industry, employing farmers, laborers, local youths, southern African Americans, and migrant workers. Working conditions varied, from backbreaking work for young local children ages 13 and up, to backbreaking exploitation of migrants. Each tobacco plant yields only 18 leaves useful as cigar wrappers, and each leaf requires a great deal of individual manual attention during harvesting. The temperature in the curing sheds sometimes exceeds 100 degrees Fahrenheit, Ooh. or 38 degrees Celsius. And no work is done inside the sheds while the tobacco is being fired. Fired? I mean, cured? I don't know. In 1921, are you bored yet? No, I am wondering, though, if part of the curing process would be to have a fire going to help dry it out. I think the natural fermentation produces heat while it just sits there. Yeah, good point. Um, in 1921, Connecticut tobacco production peaked at 31,000 acres under cultivation. The rise of cigarette smoking and the decline of cigar smoking have caused a corresponding decline in cultivation. Oh, hold on, my computer's about to shut off. Okay, here we go. <laughs> this is going to be a, a every episode feature, by the way. <laughs> uh, cigar smoking has become more popular again, and in 1997, tobacco farming had risen to 4,000 acres. However, only 1,050 acres of shade tobacco were harvested in the Connecticut Valley in 2006. Connecticut seed is being grown in Ecuador, where labor is very cheap. <laughs> the industry has weathered some major catastrophes, including a devastating hailstorm in 1929 and an epidemic of brown spot fungus in 2000, but is now in danger of disappearing altogether given the value of the land to real estate speculators. The older and much less labor-intensive broadleaf plant, which produces an excellent Maduro wrapper as well as binder and filler for cigars, is increasing in area in the Connecticut Valley. Hmm. I think it's important to mention that if you ask me another quiz question, my answer will be much shorter than that. <laughs> oh, I was expecting you to say all that. Oh, well, your expectations are far too high. There's some of these I don't know. I guess there's one called Type 22 Tobacco. There's White Burley, which I've never heard of. Hmm. 
It's interesting, you know? Yeah, it's very interesting. So put that in your pipe and smoke it. Oh, the burly I will. I'll burly you in the ground. By the way, in case you were wondering, the size of the cigar is known as a GPN5. The punch? Yep. The punch Gran Puro? Yeah, that must stand for Gran Puro Nicaragua. Five. So, do you know who else started smoking cigars at the same age that we started smoking cigars? Uh, who? Kid Rock? Keep asking you questions. <laughs> I'm going to keep asking you questions that I, I know the answers to. Because it makes me feel better. Was it Sugar myself. Ray? <laughs> <laughs> well, hold on. Let me grab this book. <laughs> now I know. <laughs> so, um, a famous American was instructed by his doctor at age 14 to combat asthma by smoking cigars. Makes sense. And I don't know why doctors still don't recommend that, but let me read you this little paragraph about Theodore Roosevelt. Mr. Roosevelt was deeply bothered by his son's poor health. This is his father, Teddy Roosevelt's father, who I think was known as a muscular Christian, which was like a sect that prided themselves on rigorous outdoor activity and intense physical exertion to get them closer to God in a pure state. Hmm. Um, Mr. Roosevelt was deeply bothered by his son's poor health. And that's important because Teddy Roosevelt couldn't keep up with his dad's physical rigor. And he resorted to desperate measures to make the boy well. He found that caffeine sometimes helped ease Theodore's asthma. So Teddy started drinking coffee at a very early age. Nicotine was also thought to help. And there are sadly comical accounts of little asthmatic Theodore smoking fat cigars in bed. <laughs> After years of failed treatments... Roosevelt Sr. was persuaded by doctors that perhaps the one thing Theodore needed was a change of scenery. Um, this is, uh, oh, here it is. So at an early age, at 14, he was up in his study, um, taxidermying animals and smoking cigars at his doctor's order. <laughs> Wait, was the taxidermying animals asthma. also part of the uh, prescribed medicine? I don't know. That's what he did, though. He just shot animals and stuffed them all day long. Nice. Talks about later he goes on a trip with his brother Elliot. Now, by the way, Teddy Roosevelt had a lot of personal loss in his life. But he was on this adventure with his brother Elliot. And it says, um, Elliot was a sputtering ball of energy and much stronger and more athletic and better looking than Theodore. Elliot was suave, and he never showed weakness, even though he always or he also suffered from asthma. To combat his own conditions, Elliot had been sent off to Fort McCavitt in the rugged hills of central Texas to live with the 10th U.S. Infantry. There he had mingled with hardened veterans of the Mexican and Civil Wars, picking up an assortment of bad habits during his stay. Writing home, Elliot had described how he'd resisted the urge to drink or smoke, Yet he'd admitted to his father he wanted to very much. Um, <laughs> and I guess when they were traveling together, Teddy Roosevelt also was a poor influence, according to Elliot, always trying to get him to drink and smoke. <laughs> it's good for your asthma, man. 
<laughs> yeah, dude, try this. <laughs> so look how he turned out. Started smoking at a young age. There you go. So what you're saying is, <laughs> is we might go somewhere someday. Someday. Yeah. <laughs> Keep smoking in the meantime. Yeah, well, I think that's what gets you there. So where are you in the cigar, Manny? So I am almost to the band. I've got like a half inch to the band, and it's wow. starting, the cigar's starting to soften up a little bit. Yeah. Starting to get a little harsh, a little smoky. I think it's almost done. Yep. I might have a few puffs into it, but I think it's just going to make it to the band, and then uh, then I'll stop there. Yeah, I've got like an inch and three quarters left of the cigar, and I, I let it go out because it was getting a little harsh at the end. A little harsh for me, personally. So what do you think? Would you recommend this cigar? I would recommend this cigar. What's funny is that I actually... So I bought this cigar for the purpose of us having the same cigar for an episode. And it turns out I've had this cigar in my humidor for two years. You uh, just didn't look? No, I just... I mean, I just didn't... I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's in a it's in an area of my humidor where I have a few cigars that are just kind of aging there. I've got a Padron 40th anniversary in there. Um, I've got uh, whatever the big size of this is. The uh, I think it's like a seven and three quarter inch by 54 ring gauge. Um, it's also in there that a buddy of mine gave me two years ago, roughly two years ago, um, and it's just been in there for a while. But it wasn't until I bought this one that I was like, wait a second. I have the same cigar, so I'm actually excited to smoke a bigger version of this. But yeah, I definitely would recommend this. I mean, I got mine for, I want to say it was around $6. Uh, well worth the $6 for the cigar. And it makes me want to get into trying a couple more punches. $6 is a really good price for the cigar. Yes, sir. Welcome to Virginia. I recommend this to people who like cigars, but also people who are newer to cigars. I think this would be a good one if they want to try Something that's from Nicaragua without fear of it having being too strong. I think this would be all right. This would be yeah. good. Yeah. A couple other reviews that I read said it was pretty spicy, but I didn't. I mean, I found there was a little bit of spice in probably the first third of it, and that kind of dissipated a little bit. But I mean, it wasn't like overpoweringly, like over spicy, you know? So. What do you think the meaning of the little fat elves is on the label? It's a great. I don't know that it's a little fat. Oh, it is an elf. <laughs> Maybe that's the puppet. Oh, Bobo? The Punching Punch? <laughs> no, his name is Mr. Punch. You know, I'm going to look this up real quick. I feel like this is worth it. <laughs> Mr. Punch. Well, you've seen Beer Fest, right? I'm going to specify that it is a puppet before typing this into... Oh, yeah, it is. It's Mr. Punch. Oh, Bobo? No, Mr. Punch is his name. But is it that type? But you have you seen Beer Fest? I have not seen Beer Fest. Oh, there's a little. They have like this little German doll, and it like punches. It's like a little uh, ventriloquist doll that punches. Yep, this is wow. He's kind of creepy looking. Does he have like a little red hat and a big nose? Big nose, yeah, and a red and white dress. That's Bobo. Bobo. I wonder if Bobo is also Mr. Punch. Oh, Mr. Punch celebrates 350 years of puppetry. 
Hooray. There's one creepy looking puppet. Apparently it was uh, Mr. Punch and Judy. <laughs> and Judy looks even creepier. Did he punch Judy? <laughs> uh, she got a lot of makeup on, so maybe uh, maybe that's to cover up. Just cover up <laughs> the domestic violence. It's so bad. I mean, it was you know Germany in the 1800s. You know what's sad is when you talk about domestic violence so much that you have to abbreviate it and call it DV. Well, I've, I've not experienced that in my life, but maybe you and Sadly, your wife should see I some have. counseling. Sadly, I have. <laughs> After we stop recording, you can tell me if she's beating you or not. I'll never admit to it. Yeah, so that's a yes. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, there you go. There's the answer to that question. Good. I'm glad we cleared that up. Yep. <laughs> well, I mean, it was an interesting little uh, little puppet. You know, we keep talking about rapper binder filler. Yeah. We do keep talking about it. What does like that it even means mean? Something. What does it mean? Oh. Oh, well, would you like me to get into that? Well, damned if I know. <laughs> I mean, yes. So, rapper... Are you Googling it? No, I'm not. Sorry. I was, <laughs> I was actually trying to relight the last inch and a half of the cigar. <laughs> um, so, rapper, binder, filler. I do feel like we've touched on this a little bit. Um... The filler is the, uh, I mean, they're not really loose leaves, but it's typically like a little more beat up version of the tobacco leaf is what's used. So when you're rolling a cigar, so there is a difference between hand rolled and machine rolled cigars. Yes. When you're rolling a cigar, the filler is at the center of the cigar. Yes. And then. Would you like to, would you like to continue? (laughs) Well, no, you sorry. (laughs) Go ahead. No, no, go ahead. It's okay. No, no, no. Go ahead. You. Ready, go. Okay. All right. So, the filler. And go. (laughs) So, the filler is uh, in the center of the cigar when you're rolling it. What you do is you lay out your binder, um, which is typically a little more full leaf. In a sense, it's kind of like a rough wrapper is what the binder is. And then you lay out your filler leaves inside the binder. And that's where you begin to roll tightly. Um, The cigar is primarily made up of filler. Um... There are some cigars that'll have a double, actually those horrible cigars I rolled, I kind of played around with, with doing a double uh, binder on some of them um, and then doing a double wrapper on some of them, seeing if I could change the flavor profile. But after attempting to smoke two of them, it's not worth even seeing if the flavor profile changes. Uh, but uh, yeah, so then anyways, you'd wrap it with, with the binder. Um, and after you wrap the binder is where you would then press the cigar um, you'd press it into a mold um, to give it its shape, kind of compact it as much as possible that you maybe didn't do, you know, a great job. Of, you know, it's almost impossible to, not impossible. I mean, obviously, there's people who roll cigars all the time. They can, right there in front of you, roll a dang good cigar that you can just light up and smoke. Um, but then after it's pressed, you would take it out, and then you would do the wrapper. And I'm not sure if this is common practice, but I also pressed it after I put the wrapper on. And the wrapper is just to kind of finish the cigar. Obviously, depending on what you're using, it adds a different flavor profile. But also, it's you know the wrapper leaves are typically just more beautiful leaves, less stems in them. Um, you know, it's just a more of a for an appearance. Yeah, wrapper is mostly aesthetic, right? Um, yes and no. I mean, for instance, this being a Connecticut broadleaf wrapper does change the flavor profile as opposed to 
as opposed to if they had used like a Nicaraguan wrapper leaf. So you do, when you're making up the, the blend of the cigar, you would take that into account as the flavors that are also coming from the wrapper. Which is why we've also talked about if you get the same cigar in different sizes, it changes the flavor profile because you're having more wrapper to filler to binder, depending on the size and ring gauge of the cigar. If that makes sense. There you go. Boom. I'm told that boom is outdated, so I'm trying to bring it back. <laughs> okay. Yep. Don't yeah. you like when uh, a dorky white guy says, <laughs> drop the mic and walk away? <laughs> I personally don't hang out with any dorky white guys that would say that. Drop the mic and walk away, eh? Yeah, I, I really don't know that I know anyone that says that. <laughs> Unfortunately, I've heard it. Is that like a Rochester thing? Like to where like when I go to upstate New York, like north of Albany, people are still saying wicked? No, I don't hear that. Well, that's what I'm saying. I think it's like an upstate New York thing is wicked. Really? Uh, yeah. I mean, it used to be Boston. Uh, yeah, and my guess is it probably still is Boston. Just slowly, uh, you know, moving its way north? Yeah, it's migrating its way west, I believe. Okay. <laughs> that's like uh, Pearl Jam just became popular in uh, Ecuador. Oh, did it? Yeah, just released. Brand new releases down there. Well, for anyone Lion who... King. Lion King just came out. <laughs> oh, yeah? Wait, the new one or the original? The original. Oh, yeah. <laughs> hey, speaking of things that are just coming out, we've got 10 days to the new Star Wars. Just figured I'd geek out for a second. That's all. Sure, man. Yes. That'll also show people my speedy um, editing time. That was a fart. No, just in case anyone's wondering, Manny has a fart track that he likes to insert. No, that was a real fart. Yeah, well, no wonder why your wife was giving you a look when you're mixing that drink. (laughs) (laughs) All the half and half from Pittsburgh Dairy. (laughs) It was good. Mm. Any concluding Mm. thoughts? Concluding thoughts? Besides, I would definitely recommend this cigar. Delicious. Um, I would also recommend this Buffalo Trace Bourbon Cream. Um, thanks to a buddy of mine, I got a hold of a bottle of it, as Buffalo Trace is sometimes hard to find in this area. But, uh, no, I mean, besides that, that's all I got. Great cigar. It does not taste like car wash. What? (laughs) Once again, it seems like Manny is eager to end this episode. I'm not, I'm not, I was just trying to turn it on and it started making all this noise. Sure, sure. Well, now it's off. Well, hey, do you have any concluding thoughts? Any concluders? No, I was impressed. I, uh, this is one of the better punch cigars I've had, to be honest. Yeah. I would, I would buy it again, especially for that price. Yeah. I do think there's one concluding thought we need to mention. Um, uh, granted, only like two people listen to... Uh, the last episode, which was probably just you and I. Um, not that we listened to our episodes. Yeah, I mean, I listened to it at least seven times yeah. laying in bed. <laughs> at least. Uh, but still, no bad reviews. I don't know if that's good or bad. It means that other people aren't listening that far. 
I want people to be ruthless. There's no point in putting things on the internet unless you're going to get horrible racist feedback. <laughs> are you assuming people are going to judge you because you're Puerto Rican? No, I just think everyone... <laughs> or because makes... I'm white. <laughs> everyone makes racist comments on everything I've ever seen on the internet. Well, we haven't put it on Facebook yet. Oh. Uh, let's not. Yeah, I'm with you. Um, so no, this is a really good cigar. It is. I liked it. Hey, keep an eye out, by the way, as someone is very slowly building an Instagram account for Bear Ash. Oh, holla, check out our Instagram. So you got my pictures, right? I did. I don't know that I could use half the ones you sent me during this episode. (laughs) Some some of them are appropriate. (laughs) A couple of them are. I didn't send you the lumpy wiener pic. <laughs> Thank you for that. Yep. <laughs> well, hey, why don't you all close this out there, Mr. Manny? All right, I'm just going to riff, okay, brah? Do it, brah. Good night.